postcards to Ilya Kaminsky. August 3rd. Dear Ilya, I made a photo today at the Denver airport of a young woman seated at a departure gate. Pink floss hair, crying through eyelash glue. She was going home to a shot-up shopping mall and a series of funerals back in El Paso. On her lap, a sketchbook of ink drawings, open to a page full of gesturing hands. August 4th, dear Ilya, I took the wrong bus from Heathrow Airport and so toured the thoroughfares of Southall, veils and robes. So many kinds of veils and robes. They don't like each other here or anywhere. That much is clear from watching. Just as in so-called Western cultures, but with more fabric. We all know we're in trouble and either say nothing, or if we can, we make art and activism and love. Or we wear God, a God or gods, wrapped around our bodies and faces. We see heaven in various ways, depending on the style of cloth. And crowds, so much wet dust, so difficult to touch in a cosmos from which no kind of energy or matter is ever lost, just changed. My solace is the possibility of a collective consciousness. My hope, though, is in my cilia. August 5th. Dear Ilya, today I visited the court palace of King Henry VIII and his successors. They spared nothing for the glory of king and kingdom. I saw Prince William's wee red velvet seated loo, yew trees along the garden promenade clipped and hemmed like hoop skirts, and on a dining room table, paper replicas of swans and peacocks and pigs that were served on platters to King William. A small public was invited sometimes to watch him eat from behind a braided cord so the kingdom would know he had a healthy appetite and be confident in his hardiness to rule. I went to the palace with a man who had stage four brain cancer, some of which could not be excised by last month's surgery and whose left lobe now has a steel shield instead of bone. I stood with my right ear toward my friend, so I could hear what he said, my other one being injured. I'd just learned, I too, have an unwanted growth in my brain, but it is small and between lobes. On the palace grounds we watched a swan sleep, her tiger lily bill tucked under her wing. All afternoon I tried to be outside in the sunlight the sun without scion or successor, another point of light bound to its own finite gravity while it burns. August 6th. Dear Ilya, I'm in Cluj, Romania. The memory of war here feels both archaic and a present threat. I didn't imagine this, and the unprecedented heat throughout Europe is so much harder in any city, harder still where mold is more common than moss. The historic center is charming, of course. 
it's undergoing restoration from Sasescu's masks, his concrete slabs. August 15th. Dear Ilya, I saw Ukraine yesterday from across the river border in the Romanian county of Wash. People here say we're far away from the troubles in northern Ukraine. Do places look different right before trouble starts? Can you see it from across a river? A few kilometers from Siget, we drove through forest. It was haunted, or I was, but I kept quiet so others wouldn't see. Ghost Jews, marked and unmarked, trains without seats. Ali Wiesel's eyes on his cheekbones. And again, now, we grieve between goodbyes and greetings in terror because our world is so much threat. Our tea, if taken alone, tastes burnt. If taken together, still burnt, but with milk. I didn't used to drink tea with milk. My survival depends on distraction, to buy shoes that will last for years, friendship with a woman who cultivates pears, to sit on a patio, imagining my sons and daughter kissing loved ones times more than hundreds, thousands of times or more, to sort sentimental objects for review in old hands when I'm old. August 17th. Dear Ilya, this part of Europe at this time of world frightens me some, like I told you. The fascists in Spain seemed so long gone when I was there two or three years ago, reading Lorca, considering his poems delicious and the location of his murder mysterious. Now, so close to the borders of states ready to crush anything and not for glory, with emblems of past authoritarian regimes still visible on the sides of buildings. I don't feel like a tourist, but like I'm reading news of a wartime not long enough past or too recently begun to accurately recount. With my own country splitting and sweating, twitching and armed, whatever safety I felt within it is dissolving. August 19th. Dear Ilya, I've loved Romania, and now I'm in Oxford, England for a few days. It is crowded with crowds of Chinese and some Japanese tour groups. I've learned that to get anywhere, I must disregard their mania for making photographs of each other, fashion forward and painstakingly one at a time. The Bridge of Sighs. The U.S. is in a trade war with China and an armed diplomatic crisis with militarized North Korea. Beijing is cracking down on protesters fighting to maintain the autonomy of Hong Kong. I must be in a dozen Chinese travel photos determinedly rushing through a medieval square. August 20th. Dear Ilya, the Oxford Botanical Garden where I went today is located on the grounds of a 12th century Jewish cemetery, which was plowed over for creation of the park in the 13th. Jewish burials were henceforth ordered done on land away down Dead Man's Lane. 
A plaque at the garden entrance states that in the following century, King Edward I expelled all Jews from England. It doesn't say why. The desecrated graves remain beneath the flower beds, the largest of which are of plants known for their ability to self-perpetuate and to survive both drought and poor soil. August 21st. Dear Ilya, I made a photo today of where the Mad Queen Anne collapsed under her excesses. The tour guide suggested that the cause was too much cocoa. She was barely alive after that. There's too much to know, even if one only tries to learn the curated past. Sitting on the terrace of a restaurant, I ask, what is there to know about the robust, naked torso of a man, a sculpture centered among the polite diners? What is to know is that everyone ignores him, buttocks hovering over the backs of a German family and their hamburgers, giving full frontal fruited shade to the elderly gentleman in his summer hat who forks apart his whole mackerel dinner. August 24th. Dear Ilya, while staying this week at Doorknocker College, I've tried to be open-minded, but people here balance tiddlywinks on their noses. What's more, they take their tiddlywinks very seriously. I remember that people at the University of Chicago, where I once worked, had the same custom. It is harder to maintain during harsh winters trying to cross quads in the wind. That great leveler of all things, the wind. I head home to my mountains in Colorado tomorrow.